Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. All right, welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, CEO and founder of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, and education. This week, we are going to be bringing you an update on high blood pressure, uh, one of the number one causes of premature death here worldwide. And I think with everything going on pandemic related, I don't want us to forget about a lot of the bread and butter uh, disease processes that are affecting a lot of us on a day to day basis. So let's get uh, reacclimated with what high blood pressure is, the concerns associated with high blood pressure, and more importantly, what we need to do about it tomorrow. And I'm going to ask a very important question uh, during today's episode that I hope you'll be able to answer. This week, I'm bringing it back which is something that I've been I've been thinking about especially for, because of all of the focus being pandemic related, covid related, covid vaccine related that I wanted to make sure that we did not forget really the fundamentals of a lot of medical issues really going on really across the world but more importantly in this country. This week we are going to be talking about hypertension giving us a quick little update on what hypertension is, the risk factors, the concerns associated with hypertension, and more importantly, why so many people are not only affected by it, but like, unfortunately, kind of secretly dealing with what we have been labeled as the silent killer, which is hypertension. So I wonder, first, I'm going to give some facts regarding worldwide numbers, and then we'll go out and break down the CDC numbers as far as just like how significant is hypertension affecting our daily lives? So first of all, per the uh, World Health um, Organization, 1.28 billion people from the ages of 30 to 79 are affected by hypertension. 46% of the adults worldwide are unaware that they even have hypertension, which is scary to say the least, right? When, when I talk about this, especially a big question I get Whenever I'm talking about disease processes are like, well, how are you going to feel? What are the symptoms? Like, you know, how do I feel if this happens? And for a lot of people, we are aimlessly just wandering around on our lives, not realizing that our blood pressures are very under control. Less than 42% uh, of those who are actually diagnosed with high blood pressure actually have it controlled. So imagine we already know that 46% of adults are probably walking around here who have hypertension who don't even know it. And then when we think about the fact that even those who do know it, less than 50% of those even have it controlled, which is why hypertension has been a global problem for decades. When we talk about common causes of death, we know that cardiovascular diseases has been number one um, despite for decades. And we know that a significant risk factor associated with cardiovascular disease is having uncontrolled blood pressure. And it is a major cause of death worldwide, especially for um, premature. So it is, again, this is just kind of the worldwide facts when we're thinking about like, why should we care about hypertension? But of course, 
Let's bring it to our backyard. Let's see what the CDC says about hypertension, just so we can, again, kind of wrap our minds around it. In the year 2019, over a half a million people uh, who died had hypertension as a primary cause of death. 47% of adults here in this country um, have hypertension. One in four of those people who have the hypertension have it controlled. And because in the United States, we are all about the money, this disease process costs us about $131 billion, billion would it be, billion dollars a year, which is why on both sides of the coin, you can see why people are you know, getting fat and rich off hypertension. But more importantly, you can see why, like, man, if I could just do a couple things to maybe save 1%, 10% of people from hypertension, how much money it saves on the other end, right? So a lot of money is being delved towards the disease process of hypertension and everything that kind of gets associated with it. So I want to I want to talk about just so, so we can kind of wrap our minds because again, and I'll I'm gonna use the word hypertension, high blood pressure. It's the same word and very interchangeable, just so we can kind of get a, 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 an idea of when we're talking about what hypertension is, um, you know, what, what that means for us. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you're probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drbarrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. So these are some guidelines from the American Heart Association. Um, if you're watching this on if you're watching this on Medicine Mondays, you see the graph here. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, um, I'm going to break down through these numbers, right? So normal blood pressure is described as a blood pressure range from less than 120 over 80. And you know, if you caught my last uh, episode talking about hypertension, which is a little bit over a year and, year and some change now, you know that recently they made changes to what we even define as being called hypertension. Now, before you can have blood pressures up to 130 over 80 and not be considered hypertensive or even elevated blood pressure. But we know that because of the significant complications that have been associated from high blood pressure in a downwind effect, um, it forced a lot of the guidelines to change in the past couple of years to kind of move that goalpost a little closer. Why? Because we figured if we move that goalpost a little bit closer, and yes, we know that it, yes, it's going to have more and more people being diagnosed as hypertension, but that also means that more and more people will be aware that they're hypertensive. More and more people will, you know, if they have to start medication, will start medications. If they have to start any modifications to their life, they'll start it much earlier because again, time is everything, especially when we're talking about the complications associated with high blood pressure. So we see now the new normal again is less than 120 over 80. That's where our recommendation at that time is just continue your healthy lifestyle, get your blood pressure checked on an annual basis. Now you are considered elevated blood pressure if your numbers range from 120 to 129, that is the top number, right? And 80 uh, for the uh, bottom number, right? So again, the, the bottom number still stays the same, which is our diastolic, but if it, your systolic increases, 120 to 129, now you're in the range of elevated blood pressure. Again, you're not you're not officially diagnosed as a hypertensive patient, but it's just something that we like, all right, we got to, hey, keep an eye, like your, your numbers are creeping and we don't like it. 
Now, stage one hypertension is defined as blood pressures ranging from 130 to 139, top number, our systolic, and 80 to 89 um, for our diastolic, right? So as you can see, some of the things that occur, we start recommending lifestyle changes, medications. We start kind of start throwing the book at you because before when we used to say, let's not do anything today to 140, we're like, nah, we cannot wait that long. And again, I'm going to go a little bit further. We'll talk about some complications and more importantly, at the end, um, we'll, we'll, we'll have a quick discussion on treatment options. There's so many, but when I, when I go through the risk factors, you'll see a lot of our modifications and our treatment recommendations for high blood pressure is literally trying to stop you from doing the risk factors that you can actually uh, avoid and adjust. And um, again, stage two, 140 over 90 is noted as uh, stage two high blood pressure, right? So, and again, that's when blood pressure medications start getting recommended. That's when we start recommending seeing your doctor a lot more frequently than you were seeing them before. So we really start revving up the treatment options once, you know, you're right in that class of either stage one or stage two hypertension. But that's also why we start really educating you uh, when you're in the quote unquote elevated blood pressure stage, right? Because you're saying, hey, by the way, the way I see your blood pressure trending, if it continues to trend in this direction, this is what you have in store. And as a physician, especially when I did outpatient medicine, I can tell you the worst thing that used to occur is a patient who would come in as a new visit, like maybe, you know, they they saw, you know, they saw me somewhere online or a friend or family member would bring him into the office, especially for my guys. Uh, friend or family member bring them to their office and you know at the time they're on no medications because they think they're 100 healthy but usually it's just because they haven't seen a doctor in so long they're on no medications and then they come to see me and then all of a sudden i'm i'm starting them on not one not two but sometimes three different medications and it's not out of the ordinary especially when a patient comes in with significant elevated blood pressure even though they have no symptoms that they may walk out with two different medications because sometimes Depending on the how high your number is when you walk into that office, uh, one medication isn't going to be enough to bring that back down to safety, uh, safe levels for you. And when let's talk about some of the risk factors associated with high blood pressure, because I think that's also important as well, too, when we think about just this onus of trying to take care of uh, our, ourselves in, in, in this midst of what blood pressure has done. So I want to just kind of go to the risk factors because the reader risk factors are probably the most important aspect over here. So um, risk factors associated with high blood pressure. Number one is age. The older we get, which kind of makes sense, the older we get, the more risk we have to succumb to dealing with elevated blood pressure. Um, race. Now, obviously, as an African-American physician, what, and most of a lot of the patients I take care of being African-American, um, or black just in general, like a big thing I'm always harking on is not only what is your blood pressure, but what is your diet? Like what's going on? Because I know those are two significant factors, especially dealing with uncontrolled blood pressure, family history, and more importantly, the genetics, right? And when we talk about risk factors associated with really with any diseases, there are risk factors that you can adjust. And then there's risk factors that you can't do nothing with. So the, the, the last three I just mentioned, age, race, family history, you can't do nothing with those, right? You are born into it. So there are some people who eat amazing, exercise all the time, you know, have the, you know, the greatest cardiovascular fitness in their minds. 
And then I tell them, yeah, your blood pressure is uncontrolled. And it's because of these significant factors. Maybe they're older, right? Maybe they have a significant family history and the genetics just play such a significant factor that they can, despite doing everything they need to do, um, blood pressure is still uncontrolled and then obviously race um, as well. Uh, being overweight. So now we're going to start getting into the risk factors that we know that like we play a factor in in regards to uncontrolled blood pressure. So being overweight or obese, not being physically active, my smokers, if you haven't followed me on the Lunch and Learn community for all of these years, it's been a while, you know that one of the things I always hark on is the evilness of cigarette smoking and tobacco, right? So of course, tobacco use plays a significant risk factor associated um, with uh, uh, high blood pressure, too much salt in your diet, too little potassium in your diet, drinking too much alcohol, stress, and certain chronic conditions also aid into uncontrolled blood pressure. So usually when we're defining, especially on that last aspect of certain chronic conditions, when we're talking about high blood pressure, we have pr a primary cause of high blood pressure. Where we're like, hey, I can't really point to a a specific reason why you have uncontrolled blood pressure. And then we have secondary high blood pressure. Like, no, like the reason you have high blood pressure is your kidneys are bad. Or the reason why you have that high blood pressure is because you have sleep apnea, very common cause. Reason why you have high blood pressure is because you have uncontrolled diabetes, right? So there's our kidney disease. There's a lot of different factors associated um, with this high blood pressure. Um, but we always, I always try to split it up in uh, what you can control versus what you can't control. What you can't control, your age, your race, your family history, we, there's nothing you can do to change that, right? So that's, good. That's, that's, that's already stacked against you, right? So that's why a lot of our focus and the modifications when we're talking about high blood pressure is all about this other side, right? Like the eating, right? The diet, the, the in, inability to, right, to exercise uh, proficiently, right? Like those things that if we can try to work on those play such a significant factor um, as we continue to move forward, right? Because when we think about the complications, right? And if, let me see if I got my, let me see if I can grab my picture here. Oh, you think, oh, you know what? Let me, let's share this and I think it's another, another one as well too. So when we're thinking about the complications associated um, with high blood pressure, like a lot of it makes so much sense for most people, right? So obviously the big one, right, is heart attack or stroke, right? High, uncontrolled high blood pressure uh, that can go on, and I'm not saying uncontrolled high blood pressure that goes on for a week, for a month. I'm talking about for years because there's a lot of people who, again, are just walking around with high blood pressure and they don't even know it, right? In fact, for those who are watching or listening to this right now, I want you to think back to the last time you had your blood pressure check or the last time you stopped in that grocery store in that pharmacy and you put your arm under uh, that blood pressure, that, that free blood pressure cuff that was there. When is the last time any of us did that? Because that is really what's the big issue, right? And that's why so many people, especially here in this country, but most obviously the world too, are walking around with this uncontrolled blood pressure, right? Because high blood pressure, again, is a silent killer. It's, it's called a silent killer for a reason because it will allow you to walk around with uncontrolled blood pressure and you're just going about your date. You're just going to get the mail. You're just going down the street. You're just going to eat. You're just doing whatever you're normally doing on a daily day basis. The whole while, your body is kind of screaming on the inside. And our body does an amazing job. When I tell you what, our body does an amazing job taking care and dealing with high blood pressure until it can't. And when it can't, these complications occur. So we have heart attack. 
strokes occur. Uh, you, you, suffer, you can suffer an aneurysm where the blood vessels get so weak from the pressure inside that they, they rupture, right? Which again, can be definitely life-threatening. Uh, you can develop heart failure where it gets to the point where your heart has been working so hard right, to deal with this excess pressure that's going on in your body that it in the heart is a muscle. So it gets bigger, it gets bigger. But unfortunately, unlike other muscles, when the heart gets bigger, it actually gets weaker. So you can deal, you can end up with high heart failure due to high blood pressure, um, weaken and narrow blood vessels in the kidneys. And this is the sequelae of reasons why you end up having kidney damage. I've talked about this before that uncontrolled blood pressure can, is a uh, number one or number two cause for kidney failure, right? It is number one, number two cause for retinopathy, right? Which is uh, blindness in the world, right? So blood pressure causes so much problems. You have metabolic syndrome as well, too. Um, even we've seen that even patients with dementia, right, um, could suffer because a longstanding uncontrolled blood pressure. And for, for my guys, right, for my guys, they, they didn't mention it on here, but for my men, um, again, think about it, right? If you have poor vascular disease, you know what else gets affected? Um, that sexual organ, right? So yes, you can have sexual dysfunction associated with uncontrolled blood pressure, just like you can have sexual dysfunction associated with uncontrolled diabetes, right? And I've, ta I've talked about this before. Diabetes is a vascular problem. Yes, we always focus on the sugar aspect of it, but diabetes Real claim to fame as far as um, the the morbidity associated with it is because of the vascular issues associated with um, uncontrolled diabetes. So, so we, we kind of listed that right, and then uh, one I didn't uh, mention right, but you can have irregular heart rhythms like atrial fibrillation, atrial flutter associated with hypertensive heart disease. Right, so. There are so many different issues and concerns that we really have to worry about when we're dealing with this silent killer that is just waiting in the wings, right, to, to pounce on us. It's just waiting for the body to tire out because that's what happens, right? You get a heart attack. It's because, you know what, your body's been dealing with so much pressure, so much pressure. And it just says, yeah, you know what, Barry, I'm done. Like, I'm done. I can't deal with this no more. You deal with it. And then, bam, here we go. I, I got a heart attack. Boom, I got a stroke. Right. So what do we do? Right. So the first and foremost, right, we have to get measured. Right. Like if 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 you don't get anything else from today's episode. Right. It is making sure you know your status. We talk about knowing your status when we talk about uh, sexual uh, you know, transmitted diseases. Know your status. You should know by the time you're done listening to this show within. Again, I'll, I'm, I'm a, I'll time you. I'll give you 24 hours. I'll give you 24 hours. Within 24 hours, you should know what your blood pressure is. Whether your blood pressure is at home, whether your blood pressure is in your doctor's office, you should know what your blood pressure is. Because if you don't know what your blood pressure is, you can't treat it. You can't control it. You can't control something you don't know about. And you can't be willingfully, like, you know, ignorant to the fact that blood pressure is around us. Because again, despite pandemic and COVID-19, and now I see monkeypox is doing this little thing, right? Despite all of that, high blood pressure is still a significant problem in the hospital. It's still a significant problem in the outpatient center. It's still a significant problem worldwide. So you got to do something, right? So you have to get measured, right? So again, I just implore you, right? You're not obligated to do it, but I do implore you to get your blood pressure checked. Make sure you can spit out. If I say, if I, if I call you out and I say, Hey man, what, what's, what's your last blood pressure reading? You should be able to say my last blood pressure reading is this and that. 
And based on that number, I know I'm normal or I know I'm an elevated or I know I'm stage one or stage two. And because of that, I know I need to do X, right? Like you, that, that should be a sentence that just kind of rolls out of our tongue the next time someone asks you what your blood pressure is, right? Just like when they be asking you like what, what's your credit score, you should know what your blood pressure is, right? Because there's so many different treatment options. But remember, we have our two sides. We have the side that we can't do nothing with, right? We can't do nothing with race. We can't do nothing with family history. We can't do nothing with our genetics and our age. We can't do nothing with those. Those things, put those to the side. You ain't going to do nothing with those. But we know on this hand right here, and it's a whole bunch of other factors, but on this hand right here, we know there are risk factors that we can actually adjust and change right, that can help benefit us before we start talking about medication. Because I know, I know, I know if you're in the lunch alert community, I'm probably, I'm probably just talking to a dead horse, but a lot of people are so terrifyingly af afraid of taking medications. And like, imagine, like, let's say, let's say you have a headache. If you have a headache, and you take a, you're going to take a Tylenol, right, to get rid of your headache because you're like, hey, I feel something. I don't feel good. But when I take this, like, I feel better. But imagine you're dealing with a disease where you don't feel no difference. Like, you don't know that your blood pressure is 160 over 90, right? You're just, everything's working well, right? You, but the whole time, your kidneys are slowly failing. Your eyes are slowly failing, that dementia clock is uh, slowly speeding up. All these things are happening, but you don't know it because you don't feel it. So imagine how difficult it is to try to educate and especially a, a newer patient to say, hey, you should take these medications here. Yes, I know you don't feel nothing. And yes, I know you might not even feel nothing after you start taking the medication. But yes, it is doing a difference. Like that's that's the job that my my primary care teams and hospitals around the world have to face, right? Because we're having to educate and try to uh, convince people to treat a problem that they don't even realize is an actual problem. But so again, we know we know dietary issues is a concern. We know we can fix that with low sodium related diets or just like even they talked about higher potassium related diets. Obviously, if you have some kidney dysfunction, you might want to watch out for that. We know physical activity is an issue. Again, we're not expecting people to kind of run marathons, but like three days a week, three days a week. If you do just 30 minutes of exercises, 30 minutes where you just dedicate like, hey, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, this is what I'm going to do from an exercise standpoint, that's all we're asking for, right? They're, they're just uh, alcohol, you know, like, again, I, I hate to tell people to quit cold turkey, right? But like, if you have a problem drinking alcohol, if you drink too much, cut back, right? Cigarette smoking, just stop it. I'm, I don't, I'm not even telling you to smoke cigarettes in moderation. That's why, I, that's how much I hate cigarettes and how much, how bad they are for you. Again, think about any associated cancer and the risk factor associated that uh, can increase your risk of getting said cancer, tobacco smoke is there, right? So there's no reason whatsoever you should be having even a little bit of nicotine from that cigarette, right? Like get it out of there, right? So no moderation, get the cigarette smoking out of here, right? We have to be able to kind of change our daily lifestyle habits because we know that that's going to have the more significant um, impact on our lives. Because again, there's plenty of medications, plenty of medications dealing with high blood pressure. Um, again, we won't get into the weeds of it all, right? Because I know a lot of people are on different medications. Um, a lot of people are familiar with the ACE inhibitors or the ARBs. That's like lisinopril. That's like Valsartan. 
Of course, there's some issues and concerns there. We can definitely have that discussion we need be. Uh, we know the beta blockers can help. They're not the best blood pressure medication, but they do help with some blood, uh, blood pressure medication as well. Calcium channel blockers is a very common one prescribed that I see all the time. Like, so your Norvast, that's your nifedipine. Definitely see that prescribed a lot for my high blood pressure patients. Um, hydralazine is another one. Again, seen a lot for my high blood pressure patients. Right, So we got medications, right? But if we don't change the lifestyle modifications in front of those medications, they can only do so much. The same thing I used to tell my diabetic patients, like, hey, like, yeah, I can give you as much insulin as possible, but I can't beat your mouth. Like, I, I, can, I, can, only, I can only give you as much as I can, but if your mouth overeats the medication, it's never going to work, right? So it has to be, it has to be a teamwork effect. This is where I, I talk about the importance of having a doctor you can trust, Right. Of course, again, you know, you know, the motto here, right? You, still, you can't really see the shirt. Uh, empower yourself for better health. You know, the motto is get yourself educated, understand why you need to do something so you can do it. But understand that you have people around the world, people like me on social media who are ready to educate you to make sure you make the best decisions for yourself. And that's all we want. Right. Because, again, like I mentioned before, right, one in four people have high blood pressure who are diagnosed with high blood pressure have a control. So it's it's not it's one step is just getting the diagnosis and then the hard work begins is how I like to think about it. The big step yes is get get yourself measured. Again, when you go to that pharmacy today, this is this is the only homework. I'm only giving one homework on today's episode. Go to your pharmacy, go to your doctor, go somewhere, right, and get your blood pressure checked so you can just write it down. And just don't take it one time. Right. Like if you go in the morning, check it in the afternoon. If you went in the morning, uh, afternoon last time, check it in the evening. Right. Check it at different times, because even when I talk about this, this new blood pressure regimen, uh, there are certain organizations that even break it down to say, hey, where are you taking this blood pressure at? Are you taking it at home versus taking it in the doctor's office? Because we know y'all are very scary when you come to see us. So you come to see us, your blood pressure rises a little bit, kind of falls. It rises a little bit, kind of falls. We understand that. We're not, we're not shocked. We don't feel hurt by it. But because we know that that's an issue and concern, we want to make sure that everyone's addressing it accordingly, right? So again, a lot of different things. Again, we, I, I felt like, and, and what you'll see probably over the next uh, couple months is me kind of bringing back a lot of the bread and butter medical uh, discussion that we need to have on here. I know a lot of you guys like you guys, I don't want to say you're tired, especially if you're in the community, you're not really tired of hearing me, but I know a lot of you guys say, man, I don't want to get this COVID fatigue. And just because we don't talk about COVID doesn't mean we're not thinking about it, right? Doesn't mean we not we don't know what's out there, but there's definitely a lot more different diseases that we want to make sure we hit uh, head on uh, as we move towards uh, the latter half of the year, right? So again, I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre. I'm going to see you guys next week. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board-certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and more importantly, share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.